Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Jonathan Braybrand on the line. Jonathan, how are you? Doing great. Thank you. How are you? I am awesome. Really looking forward to this conversation as we were talking about in the pre-show a bit. This is something that I really encourage entrepreneurs to think about when they're launching their business is you know, what you talk about. So for those that aren't aware of who you are, why don't you share a little bit about you and we'll dive into this conversation. Absolutely. I'm Jonathan Braybrand, a Managing Director at Transact Capital. We're an investment bank in Richmond, Virginia, and I've been uh, in the M&A world, mergers and acquisitions for over 25 years now, basically helping business owners um, exit their business, plan for that exit, and then actually execute that exit uh, when the time is right. So it's a passion of mine to work with with entrepreneurs and business owners to make sure that they're really capturing the value they've created over the length of their um, ownership and make sure they have a great exit at the end of the day. Yeah, it's, it's really important because entrepreneurs, they, they have this great idea of a service or a product and they launch it and they you know put all the time and effort and money and everything else into it and they get it you know up and running and sometimes it's okay we got to grab this and grab this and kind of put it together you know kind of like a, you know if we have a bunch of spare legos it's like you put it together okay <laughs> here's our business and you kind of look at it you know yeah, I guess that that would work, but there there's some processes that could probably be a little bit better here, and documentation, and and all of that. So it, it's so important, and, 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 and because you've been in the field for so long, and I'm sure you've seen pretty much everything when it comes to the state of a particular business when they're looking to be acquired or or potentially merge. Um, I'm I'm guessing. What do you think the biggest reasons are why people either delay doing this important work or they don't even think about it what what's some of the reasons from your observation you know i find business owners um uh well a couple of answers there one is um business owners often have a, a lot of their personal identity tied up in in their position of owning a business and it can be really um can be really scary, frightening for them to think about what what would I be like? What would my identity be like if I didn't own this business? Um, and so it, it it causes them in, in many cases to kind of have a paralysis around thinking about exit options and the opportunities that might come along because they really can't envision what um, you know what life would be like if they weren't a business owner. And so one of the things I, um, I talk with them about is the concept of a, a an exit really being a new chapter for three different entities. It's a new chapter uh, for that business owner and their family. Often it involves you know a fair bit of liquidity and and thinking about what would they do, what would that mean for their family, and what would they do philanthropically or in leisure or other pursuits that they might want to. Um, to 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 uh, follow uh, with that type of liquidity, but it also uh, creates a new chapter for their employees and for the company itself, um, and allows those both of those to have new opportunities, kind of a, a new life under new ownership that that opens up um, new opportunities for them. And so, um, sometimes holding onto a business too long can not only be detrimental to the business owner themselves, but also 
to the, its employees and and the and the company itself. So encourage them to think about this is not just about you. It's a bigger thing, um, and that there is um, a lot of, of exciting pursuits that uh, a former business owner can can uh, can follow after selling their business. Yeah, we hear a lot of successful cases where people have had several successful exits, mm-hmm. which means they've launched a business, rose it. It was acquired. They sold it. What they do? They went out and started another business. So that's Correct. something that you know some people could consider if if there's something that you want to do. Because a, a lot of times businesses they'll say, you know what, I'd, I'd like to do this too, but it doesn't really align with what this business is. It's like, well, there's nothing holding you back other than money and time. You know, right, right. Not not not. You know that, that those are no big things. Right. Um, but you you know if you were to sell this business and if you're more passionate about doing that then do it or you know even you know some people say you know what i just want to volunteer my time and and drive a bus for a retirement home Mm -hmm. awesome great right you know then you can do that but you know you could also do some fractional work then if you wanted to Mm -hmm. and you know there's there's all kinds of different options that are available for people but yeah going back to what you said earlier yeah, it's common, and you see that with a lot of people, especially if they've been in their business for a very long time, that identity. And yep. it's like, okay. And that's why I think a lot of people struggle with retirement. They don't really do the the mental work on, okay, I am no longer working, quote unquote, mm-hmm. but you're still living, you're still right. you, but it, it's, it, and you see that dynamic. So, you know, I interviewed somebody several years ago, a financial planner, and, mm-hmm. you know, his, his thing was advising people, you need to practice retirement. So mm-hmm. save up money to at least try to take off. If you can take off two or three months from work, the longer, the better, but yeah. literally you know, save up the money that what you would be bringing in retirement, and you're going to live off of that for mm-hmm. however long. Do it because it's you know everybody thinks well, okay, budgeting and this and this. It's like the the money thing is not as big as you think. I mean, it's huge, of course. Right. It's the okay. I, I've been going and going and going, and now I'm not, and they. They watch daytime television and their IQ points just start <laughs> dropping and right. work. That, that's why, you know, I, I work remotely. I work from home. The television is off. I do not turn it on because yep. I, my IQ will do this. <laughs> it's, you know, if I, if I need some education, I'll go to, oh, it's, this is, I think, the third time today I've said this. I'll go to YouTube University and I'll learn something or yep. else. Yeah, it's just there's there's options there to be creative and, and then you mentor people. There's so many different things. So when people are getting ready to retire or you know plan on selling their business, then you know it it, it it's not a, a yes. It's I guess a, if you want, I don't want to use the word loss. It's a change. You yep. know, it's a it's a different season. You know, it's a new chapter. And I, like you said, and I think that's a really great way to look at it. So uh, next question is uh, as far as you know, the book, you know, obviously, because you've been doing this work for so long, you, you wrote, you know, a, a book specifically on this subject. And, you know, obviously, my, I, I guess the answer to the question is, you know, a lot of people have been asking for you to summarize all this stuff together. But, um, you know, what, you know, what inspired you to write the book about this? 
Yeah, so I wrote the hundred million dollar exit um, about uh, a couple years ago, and the the main uh, reason I wrote the book was I kept running into entrepreneurs who fell into um, two different camps, uh, two different ends of the spectrum uh, when it came to their philosophy and their their thinking about an exit. Um, on one hand, I had business owners who thought, you know what, an exit, um, a sale of my business is probably a little bit harder than selling um, a piece of real estate. Um, and so it's, uh, it's really not going to be that difficult. I'll, uh, I'll deal with it when the time comes, but you know, maybe it'll take a few months. Um, I'll set that aside because it's probably not going to be that big of a deal. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, I found entrepreneurs who found the concept of selling a business and the, and the thought of it so, overwhelming and so difficult, such a black box that they didn't understand, um, that it also kept them from really engaging with the concept and preparing well um, for an exit because it just felt so overwhelming. And every time they tried to wade into it, they got lost, they got overwhelmed, and they stepped back. And the uh, you know the, the reality is that neither of those are true. The, the truth lies in between. It's not super difficult, particularly if you have some preparation and you have a, a good advisor with you. Um, but it's not super easy either. It does take some work and some planning and some preparation. And so um, the goal of the book was to help um, kind of open up uh, the curtain a little bit about what an, the MA process looks like, help uh, both ends of that spectrum get a better feel for what to expect. Um, and um, a full third of the book is is dedicated to things business owners can do well before they're ready to exit. Um, that's um, things that are good for their business, good to help uh, make their business uh, more attractive when the time comes, but can be implemented years before an exit. Um, the middle third is about getting ready for the actual sale process. And, and the back third are some lessons when you're actually in a sale process. Um, what are some of the key takeaways? And the overall um, underlying concept of the book was for me to take lessons from large transactions that I've been involved with or with that I've interviewed people have been involved with, pick out the things that made them particularly successful, and then um, relate them in a way that could be applicable to business owners of any size. And so there are uh, anecdotes and um, lessons learned throughout the book from 100, 200, 300 million dollar sales um, that a 10 million in revenue uh, business owner could apply to help make their business more attractive and more uh, saleable. Well, it's important to know that. And, you know, everybody, again, I'm sure this happens a couple times. You know, people think, well, my business is worth more than that. It's like, no, this, this is the math. This is how it lines up. This is your revenue. This, here's your profits. Here's what, you know, what the trends have been. This is the state of the industry, the market yep. that you're in, who, you know, who your demographic is, who you're serving. Yep. Is this acquiring organization or entity? going you know to continue that or are they going to morph it into something else that they're doing is there a component that you need or like in my situation maybe somebody loves the name breakfast leadership okay you know because you know we said you know in the in the pre-show i have that trademarked so you know there's you know I, i'm not saying there's a ton of value on that but obviously there's an, an element to it so if someone mm -hmm. wants it then yeah there's 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 that to it but again it it boils down to you know what do you have what can that organization take forward without you and mm -hmm. i think again because if you are the business like in my situation i'm a keynote speaker is one of the mm -hmm. things that i do well somebody else can 
go do those talks and, and give presentations if they so feel uh, the need to get up on yeah. stage and talk. But they may be one of the majority of people that absolutely would rather die than do public speaking. And <laughs> right. there's a, it, 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 like, how do you do that? And it's like long story. It involves chicken, <laughs> chicken pox at 21. So okay. um, that, that's how it is. Long story about that. But, uh, but ultimately, it's, there's other things that the business does, you know, it creates content and there's things like that, which of course, other agencies could pick up on and mm-hmm. you know, get the legacy stuff and move it forward and all that, you know, and there's, you know, obviously other things I haven't even thought about when I get through the book, then I'll go, Oh, maybe that too. Or I, I, again, too, I, th- this book I'm sure will also potentially inspire some entrepreneurs. If there's an element of their business that they're not doing something that's mm-hmm. r- around a marketable service or product that they could do, you know, obviously that could make a humongous difference in the acquisition price of, of their business Absolutely. going forward. Absolutely. No, uh, you touched on a couple of great points there about valuation. One is the basic concept that um, a business valuation is, is both art and science. Um, the science part of it um, comes from really two uh, components, uh, an expected future cash flow stream, and the risk associated with that cash flow stream. And so to your point, um, we can have two businesses with the exact same cash flow stream, but if one is seen as less risky than the other, then the less risky one's going to be more valuable, even though they have the exact same cash flow projected cash flow stream. Um, and so doing things in your business, not only to grow the cash flow, which is what a lot of people, most people think about, but also reducing risk will inherently increase the value of your business to a potential buyer. And so, um, Diversification, as you referenced, um, going into adjacent lines of business that um, provide diversification of end markets, of customers, of suppliers. These are all, you know, recurring revenue is often talked about as being very valuable. It's because it's seen as less risky. Um, and so the ability to de-risk your business can um, is a second lever in addition to just growing the magnitude of the cash flows um, that can increase value for sure. Um, the second part is the art side of it. And that is you alluded to as well. And that is two buyers or 10 buyers or 100 buyers, uh, when we contact um, potential buyers for a transaction, we're contacting a large group. And we'll get valuation feedback on the same company from a variety of different uh, types of buyers that's all over the map. You know, there's some that um, are, are see it as very low um, uh, value, not that exciting, not that compelling. There are many in the middle that, uh, and they're kind of looking for a bargain. There are many in the middle that sort of run the same valuation models, come up with similar valuations, and that's that science aspect of it. Um, but there are a few at, at, you know, hopefully in successful processes that far exceed that, that traditional valuation kind of peak of the bell curve because this business represents something special and unique to them. They're building a puzzle. They're creating something. And this is a piece that's really valuable to them. And they see more value in this in acquiring your business in this example than um, the run-of-the-mill investor or uh, a more generic strategic uh, acquirer. So part of the art of the business is how you present the business to the market in terms of its capabilities and its options of growth. Um uh, finding those buyers for which this business is particularly well suited and they really have to have it and then creating an auction amongst those few that, that really have to have it to drive that value, um, to its peak. And so, um, there is definitely an art and a science and it's not an easy, you know, this business is worth this amount of money. It's, it's sort of, a uh, 
uh, a detailed process that involves a lot of work, a lot of preparation, and, and hopefully a pretty successful outcome at the end of the day. Yeah, and the key thing too is, and we see it a lot, you know, in the news where you know larger organizations, you know, publicly traded, will acquire a small business for you know found you know small independent business, and the first thing that came to mind, which is way old, was when Microsoft bought Hotmail. You know, mm-hmm. a bazillion years ago, Hotmail was everybody was using it at the time, and then you know Microsoft bought it and yep. you know paid a lot of money. So the founders, you know, were sat. Yeah. So it's a situation because Microsoft wanted a better email client at that point, and this was obviously before Outlook. Or you know, let me do the math here. Now that was around Outlook, if if you know, I used to work in tech, so yeah, it was around that. But anyway, <laughs> they you know they wanted something that was web based um, yep. at that time, and yes, could they have built it? Of course, but you could buy something that's pretty much pre-assembled and modify it over time to fit your needs. Yeah, that's why a lot of organizations will say, you know what, we're willing to pay more for this because it solves a problem. It cuts down on our R&D cost mm-hmm. and we can do it and amortize and do all kinds of fun accounting stuff and and be able to you know get further along quicker because uh, you know people like to buy time if they can yes. and and that's again another element to consider you know if if you know if you've got something you know product or service that is different than you know what your competition per se is doing but you know that it would be a benefit to them you know it it, it might behoove a, a conversation if you are mm-hmm. open to a collaboration or you know maybe you're looking to you know consider an exit you know if if there's you know the right dollar amounts there you know there's all kinds of components and i love the analogy of art and science because it definitely is because it's you know what you have what they're looking for and massaging it in such a way where it snaps and that way it, it makes such a big difference Absolutely. No, one of the things I talk about in the book uh, early on that I encourage business owners to do is to um, establish industry relationships is what I call it. But it's essentially making yourself aware to potential buyers that you're out there, that you exist, that you are growing and and not that you are um, sharing confidential information. It's really not about that at all. It's stuff that um, they could find on your website. But it's more just making those early connections before you need anything of them, before you're asking them to evaluate your business or would they be interested in investing. It's really just sort of starting to plant the seeds so that they know you're out there, they know what you're doing, um, and they can be thinking about, man, if that business ever came to market or if that, you know, I love what they're doing, I'm going to keep an eye on that business. And as it grows, that might be something we might want to snap up in the in the time to come. And so... Um, that's something that um, I've seen be executed really, really successfully so that when the time does come to exit, you've got you know a number of buyers that are, are champion at the bit and ready to, to, um, to engage because they've been kind of monitoring your progress a lot over the years. Um, so that's, that's something that we've seen um, be really, really, um, really, really valuable. Yes, in closing, there, there's obviously more than one thing, but if if an entrepreneur could do one thing to make your job easier as an M&A expert and you know, someone's to help it out, what would that be? Uh, it really is um, have a plan to, and you alluded to this earlier, have a plan to be working your way out of the business. Um, if 
if stepping back from the business is part of your goal for an exit. Now, there are some entrepreneurs, um, and we talked about it in the book, that um, uh, take on investors, private equity, um, and don't plan to step away from their business. And they use that growth capital to really um, fuel growth well beyond what they might be able to do with their own uh, finances. And so that's a little bit less um, uh, of a applicable situation. But most business owners that we deal with are looking for an exit transaction as a way to step back from the business over a period of time. Um, and the more ingrained they are in the business, the, the more difficult that will be. Uh, you know, on one extreme, if you if the business revolves around the business owner, um, that's a, you have a job. But a job isn't sellable. A job ends when you decide to stop working. Um, and there are great jobs that make a lot of people a lot of money, but they aren't creating intrinsic value in a in a business in an ongoing entity. Um, and so those just kind of softly end when uh, when those people decide to not do that job anymore. On the end of the spectrum, though, are businesses that have been built that can um, continue and have a life of their own, and the business owner. Um, maybe was very, very vital to the business at one point, um, has found a way to slowly step away from it, has built a team around him or her, um, has some plans for succession. And those succession plans may not have been implemented yet, um, which is fine. It's more that we're on a, a trajectory towards a succession and a stepping back of the business. Um, that I think is, and it goes to processes and procedures, which you alluded to earlier. Um, and it just goes to the fact that is this something that can be sustainable without this person over the long term? And if the answer is yes, then you've created something that, in addition to providing cash flow while you're doing it, um, has value to be, you know, to be uh, monetized at the end. Uh, love this conversation, Jonathan. Where can people find out more about you and this amazing work you're doing? Uh, thank you, uh, Jonathan. Uh, www.jonathanbraybrand.com, um, or my firm is Transact Capital in Richmond, Virginia. Awesome. I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So, Jonathan, thank you so much for writing this amazing book and the amazing work you're doing. You're helping a lot of people achieve their dreams. So, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.